What's going on, everybody? Today, I'm sitting with Max Pete. He is a freelancer, a business coach. He's got a really interesting journey. He helps out clients. He's he's done a lot, but now he's transitioned and is really helping out freelancers. He's really passionate about community building. If you are a freelancer or you're thinking about becoming a freelancer, starting your own freelance business and marketing, this is the episode for you. He walks through, hey, how to get paid? What should you do? Hey, how to make sure that work is going to get done? All of these things we talk about, and we talk a little bit too about some of Max's projects. This is a really, really awesome conversation, so definitely stick around. But before we get into it, as always, the show is brought to you by Cave Social. We are a marketing agency based out of LA that can help you with marketing primarily on social media. So head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us if you need some help. And now, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Ooh, what's going on, my beautiful marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, joining me from San Diego, California, is Max Pete, also known as the One Hand Wonder Man. Max, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm doing well, man. I'm excited we finally get to chat. I know we've been going back and forth on Twitter for probably the better part of a year talking marketing, so I'm excited to have you here. Before we get into you know what you have going on and really some of the passions you have around building freelance business and some of the tips and advice you can give to people, I want to hear your story. How did you find your way to being in this world of marketing and, and freelancing? I'd love to kind of hear your journey and, and get a little of the backstory. Yeah, yeah. So I got into marketing the world from wanting to be in the music industry. When I was in college, I really wanted to become a music producer and explore that side of the space. But I ended up finding some music internships at a few labels up in San Francisco Bay Area and just was like, hey, like, let me give this a shot. It might be a cool way to network and meet people. And it was around 2010, 2011. And that's when you know Facebook was coming out and being bigger for artists to get on Twitter as well. And so I saw a demand for learning these platforms for help market artists on there and kind of did a few internships in that space and it kind of landed and it landed me my first full-time job outside of school at a digital agency called Fame House, which was solely in the music industry, helping artists with their social media, their digital marketing, their advertising, email marketing. And I just got like a lot of experience in that realm and just stayed with it. I was going back to Philadelphia at the time, working there, and then I moved back to California to work at this record label called Empire and was doing project management there and marketing as well. At that point, that's when I was wanting to do something else. Uh, still be involved in music, but kind of run my own ship. And so I decided to quit my job and try freelancing. I really had no idea what the type of services I wanted to offer. Uh, it's probably not the best advice to just quit and do this, but it was something that I just felt like I needed to do at the time and been, I've been freelancing ever since. So the past uh, six years. I love it. And now when it comes to freelancing, are, are there particular areas that you specialize in today or is it still, are you finding yourself with a lot of different projects? Yeah. I mean, I'm finding myself with a lot of different projects. I would say more of today, I'm doing a lot more consulting versus like actually implementation of stuff. So last year, I really cut back on the advertising work that I used to offer just because it was getting pretty stressful. And I was mainly working by myself. So I was just kind of like, this is not something I want to continue to do, but I can consult on this type of work with my clients. So I still do that for a couple of agencies and a couple of uh, clients that I still have on retainer. And then I do website design, which I've been doing for the past few years. So I do a bit of a 
Amazing. And for someone who wants to get into the freelancing world, right? Someone listening to this, maybe they're working at their company and they're like, they got that itch that needs to be scratched. They want to pursue design, what have you. I guess, how would you tell them to go and find their first client? Like walk me through how you kind of found your first client, if you can rewind the clock and bring it back or advice you'd give to someone who's going to make the leap, doesn't really have a client base. You know, where should they go? What should they do? Yeah, I mean, for me, I went the, I, I guess, the unconventional route and went to Craigslist and went to like look for like the jobs that were being posted there and just started to hit up a bunch of people who kind of like needed website work or digital marketing work or, or just wanted to hire someone on an hourly basis. But what I would recommend is going through your current network now, because a lot of times we're always thinking about new people we can reach and new people that we should market to. But we already have this existing network that more likely than not has work or knows people that needs work to be done. And so what I recommend is just finding people, reaching out to them in your network, saying, hey, this is, you know, I'd love to catch up. I'm I'm actually transitioning into freelance full time and I'm working in this industry. And if you ever need these services or if you know anyone that does, I would love to like chat. Most of the time it's because we just need to stay top of mind in people's radars. And if we're not constantly doing that, then they will likely forget that we're offering these type of services. So definitely recommend reaching out to your existing network. There's a lot of money to be made in that. Um, that is largely ignored. Yeah. And getting over the fear of asking your existing network. I feel like people are less afraid to go to a job board and, and try to apply and get out to new people. And they have this fear of being judged or I'm not good enough for all these things they have to overcome to be like, instead of asking that person who maybe could help you out and, and get you started on your, your freelancing journey. So I'm with you. Look at your existing network. Look for the people who are connectors within your network. Be like, hey, that's a person I'm going to go buy coffee and just pick their brain and see, hey, do they know someone and get yourself out there? Because the idea that a business is just going to come find you, the freelancer, well, it's not going to happen. We have to put ourselves out there if we're going to be in those situations, right? True. Now, as you, you've been doing freelancing for six years, so I'm sure you've got the, uh, you know, the battle scars to prove it. <laughs> Clients, you know, one of the things I always tell people I'm interested to hear your take on this, but like getting paid from clients. Mm -hmm. I've been burned, people walking away from big invoices before, existing clients, da, da, da. And then I was like, oh yeah, we'll do this project. And then I didn't get, you know, it ends up me not getting paid. What do you do or what have you learned or have you taken any big lumps when it comes to like, you know, making sure, hey, if you're a freelancer, this is how you should be getting paid. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little part of the game to go through some bad experiences with the clients just because it does teach you. Not to say like you have to, you know, get ghosted on a project or things like that, but it, it does tend to happen, you know, as you are learning. But what I would solely recommend is one is to just, no matter if it's your friend or a past colleague or someone that you trust, uh, get a contract in place. There's so many software companies now and, and free templates online that you can use for your own self for just a contract because it's really going to help protect you because a lot of times people just need stuff in writing and uh, just trusting someone's word, especially when it comes to payment, doesn't always work out, even if they're a close friend. I remember when I first started freelancing, I, was, I did a website project for this client. Luckily, I had the contract in place. I kept all of our email records and exchanges. But when the website project was done on PayPal, he tried to reverse all the charges that he did chargebacks on all the payments he did to me because he said that I didn't actually provide a website for him. And PayPal would have taken his word if I had not 
sent them the contract, the link to the website, the email exchanges, everything, I would have lost all that money and all that time on this work. And so I think just keeping that stuff in your back pocket is super important. Using an invoice software, uh, I use Wave because it's free and it's super easy to use. You can hook it up to your bank account and just send uh, invoices versus having to make them up in like Photoshop or uh, their design tool and send them out manually. And also always, always wait until you get a deposit before you start the work. Even if it is your friends or people you know, I've heard it time and time again from freelancers and myself included, I've done this before too, where you get super excited about to work on a project and you're like, I'm just going to start. And the client just doesn't pay on time or they just don't pay for a while or at all. And you're like, well, I just put in all this time and now I'm not getting paid. So even if the client has a super rushed timeline, like I need this done in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, make sure that you get paid half or whatever deposit that you request before you actually start to work. It's shifting the mindset. You're no longer just dink and donking around. You're not playing around anymore. You're be a professional is what I tell people all the time. I'm like, be a professional. That means getting a contract. That means, hey, the deposit is 50% up front. And if the, it, it, this is nothing. If somebody won't pay you a deposit, what makes you think they're going to pay the invoice? Like, you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. <laughs> so I love, you know, hearing your, your thoughts on that because it really rings true to me. Now, in terms, I know you have some coaching you do as well. Um, how has that business evolved? Is that kind of uh, taking a life of its own or kind of let me know what's going on with that? Yeah, it kind of like spurred out of the pandemic because I got really burnt out and exhausted with the work that I was doing freelancing. And so I was just like, okay, I need to take a step back and reevaluate what I'm offering and, and, and see like what really is going to like make me happy at the end of the day. And I love helping other freelancers start their own business and just kind of being there as an accountability buddy and just holding them, you know, accountable to the goals that they set for themselves. So I was just like, hey, like, I would love to, you know, I get asked a lot of advice and questions by my friends or people I know on LinkedIn for if they're thinking about exploring to go freelance. So I just thought, hey, like, let me just start a coaching practice on the side. It's not going to be my full time focus. I'm not going to want to build this and scale this into a crazy big thing. I just wanted to start offering these services for people who needed it. And I've kind of just built that business to that what it is today. Like I have a few clients who I have on retainer basis who have uh, monthly calls with and and weekly check-ins. But other than that, I leave my coaching business open for those who need and want it because I found that, you know, coaching works really well for people who are ready to be coached versus feel like they have to do it because it is a lot of work and it's a lot of just checking in, holding yourself accountable and making sure that you create the time and space for it. But it's a lot of fun. Like I love the clients I work with now. It's really great to see progress and just like getting any feedback of how much, you know, support and things that you've helped with throughout the the months that you've worked with them is just, yeah, it's such a rewarding feeling. That's awesome. I love it. Right. And like you said, something massive there is people need to be ready to be coached. And it's the same thing. Clients need to be ready to be sold. You have to go for the client that's looking for that service, whether it's web design, um, graphic design, social media, whatever, SEO, right? Going and looking and saying, oh, who's ready to do this, right? If somebody has a website from the early 2000s, they're probably not going to update. But if they have a website that looks like it's like 2014, 2015, okay, they've, they've done some stuff. They've paid for a redesign before. That client might be ready to hear you know, what you want to do with web design. So I love that, uh, that thought process as you go through and looking at, you know, building businesses in, in any facet, really. 
Now, Max, what's next for you, man? Is it the freelancing? Are you going to build the freelancing business up? Do you want to become an agency? Like, where do you see it going? No, so I mean, I like to keep where my freelancing is currently. I have a few select clients that I'm currently working with and more so on a retainer basis and everything that I'm kind of working on new is just referral and word of mouth, which I have been super blessed with having that be like a huge income driver for, for my business. But I've been really involved in community building lately and working with freelance founders as their community manager and just kind of fostering community within the freelance uh, network and just connecting with other people in that space. It's been super awesome and really great, rewarding work to be part of. And uh, yeah, I'm going to just continue to pursue that. Amazing. I love it. Now, for anyone listening who wants to connect with you before I let you go, where is the best place to reach out? You know, if, if somebody wants to get into freelancing or they need coaching or what have you, where should they go to connect with you? Yeah. So I'm usually on Twitter the most. So uh, my handle is just max underscore Pete. P-E-T-E. Um, also on Instagram, One Hand Wonder Man. I have links to my websites on both of those social channels and more than happy to you know get on a call. I have a free 30-minute consultation call for, on my coaching website, which is onehandwonderman.com. So if you ever want to just schedule time with me through there, I'm more than happy to chat about anything marketing, coaching, community-related. And uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. Everybody go and make sure to connect with Max, especially if you're thinking about transitioning into freelance or you have a freelance business, you want to grow it. Maybe you are a successful freelancer, but you're feeling alone and you need some community. Go and reach out to Max. He's definitely the, the guy for that. Thank you so much for coming on today, man. I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to tweeting back and forth some more. Yes, likewise. Same here. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you later.